Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Red. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have, as usual, a great show for you today. How is everybody doing? I trust you are all doing just fine because you know what? We are together. Anyhow. All right. Okay. Let's see who's in the house with us right now. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Paul, you're great. You're great. Thank you. AVQ is in the house. Egberto, if you read that and you're not panicked, yep. How can you panic me, man? You guys are great. Roberto Davenport. Robert Davenport. Welcome aboard, says Greeting Progressives. May Wood is also in the house. And Brother Paul Fleming, who gave us a great interview two days ago. Bruce Pollard just made it in. He's in the house as well. Melanie Keelan de Barcelona, Spain, is here with us, as well as Jane McDaniel says, Cat Orange, whistling Cat Orange, whistling Cat Orange, whistling I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to tell me. Are we talking about Trump here? I think I get everybody. All right, let's get busy. Egberto, there's an article from a few days ago that I hope you read out in full with charts from the articles on the screen. We'll see. All right, let's go. Michael Renan says, WFLA, off the charts, Earth's vital signs are going haywire in my three decades long career being a weather forecaster and now chief meteorologist and climate specialist. I have never observed so many of Earth's vital signs blinking red. Meteorologists and climate scientists all around the world are in awe by the simultaneous, literal, off-the-chart records being broken. Yes, it's climate change. A steady trend of rising temperatures over the last few decades has placed Earth baseline climate so high that achieving these extremes, which used to be rare, if not unheard of, is now expected to... Uh, I lost my point. Expected to whatever. So to be specific... It's climate change with other natural patterns piled on, like El Nino, which gives a higher gradient is what it does. And then that higher gradient is then ridden by climate change, by, by heating. It's ridiculous. With El Nino now in place, we are getting a glimpse of, how, of just how far we can force the climate system with ever before uh, observed heights achieved. Many more are on the way for 2023, 2024, as El Nino gets stronger and more heat is released from the oceans into the atmosphere. From the ocean temperatures to sea ice, the land ice, the emission from wildfire smoke, the charts below speaks for themselves. And let me see if there's a chart that I can put on the thing when I continue to read. Uh, what I'm going to do for you, Rudnin, because I, I know that you're passionate about this subject as all of us should. So as I read this, I'll try to get some of those charts that you, that you specify on the screen. Uh, so people can can see the dire straits that we are really in. Thank you so kindly. Second one from Michael says, due to the combination of factors, the North Atlantic Ocean is way beyond record uh, hot right now. The kind of heat that would only be found once in tens or hundreds of thousands of years of years of climate before human-caused warming took hold. Take a look at the North Atlantic area uh, surface uh, temperature departure from the 2023 charts compared. I think that's what's on the screen right now, even though you went ahead and repeated it. Thank you. Second one, third one, the Atlantic has warmed two degrees Fahrenheit since 1900 due to warming from the emissions of greenhouse gases due to the burning of fossil fuels. And also more recently, the decrease in air pollution, allowing more sunlights through. In the short term, on top of that, we have a weaker Atlantic high, meaning weaker tropical low-level winds, trade winds, and thus... Less dust stirred up from Africa. Less dust means more, yes, infrared into our oceans, etc. Yes, it does. In below comparison of the two charts, Dr. McDaniels, 
Uh, see absence of dust as normal. Uh, let me see if I can put that one up on the screen as well, because I think that's a fairly important one. I'll take the other one down. There we go. Number four from El Senor Radnin says, there is also an extreme heat wave off the coast of Europe contributing to the heat as well, and it is not confined to the Atlantic. In the Pacific, El Nino is warming the tropical waters while heating lingers from a warm blob over the North Central Pacific Ocean. When you add it all up, global, uh, global ocean temperatures are way beyond record hot, making the heat basically statistically impossible before human-caused warming existed. Before you see, before you can see the black line indicated this year, the surface temperature, and let's go ahead and put that one up for you guys, the surface temperature. I mean, you did this like a chart, Radin. I think that's that's good. For those of you who are listening on podcasts, it behooves you to go to uh, politicsandright.com and, and watch as I'm reading this and putting the charts up on the screen that um, it's almost like Brother Rudnan went ahead and prepared a... Um, a PowerPoint for us, if, if you will. Uh, the bold lines in black is 2023, and the others tell you previous years, etc. Number five from Michael Rudnin, and let's see what that's going to be. We'll go ahead and put that up for number five. Number five says another chart uh, that has really stood out for its off-the-chart look in the Antarctic sea ice. Right now, sea ice should be growing fast near the South Pole. Instead, growth is labored and departures from normal are the highest ever observed at a very surprising time of year, given that it's winter there. Let me tell you something else with sea ice, right? Ice, because of its color, white, it reflects light right back out to the, into space, right? But when you have uh, dark oceans, because of the color, it grabs onto ultraviolet, infrared, etc., and turn that into, what again? Heat. So it maximizes the amount of heat absorbed and not reflected back out to the, where again? To space. Let's go to number six. To view this one, let's see, number six says, and let me go ahead and put number six on the screen for you. Number six says, to view this another way, take a look below at the map of the Antarctic. The red shows the areas that are behind on ice growth nearly everywhere. And folks, again, like I mentioned to you before, those of you that are listening on podcasts, it may behoove you to go ahead and watch the actual video of the show today. You can find that at politicsdoneright.com or politicsdoneright.tv. All right, let's go to number seven. Number seven says, and let me put that up on the screen as well. Number seven says, um, while uh, while climate change is likely playing a role in the downward trend these last few years, it can likely not explain the rapid dip in sea ice growth in the past few months. The atmospheric and ocean conditions are very variable near the Antarctica, and it will likely take much research to quantify the reasons. Over the long term, there are worrying signs at the bottom of the world, with a few new papers showing a large decline in the vital overturning circulation. That dip is southern ice also caused global ice to be at record departures from normal levels. I read years ago that there is a possibility that uh, climate change wouldn't be a gradual thing. That there's a possibility we just had a collapse of the system. And let me give you some possibilities there, right? We have something known as the, 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 uh, the, the, Gulf, the Gulf Current. 
the Gulf current right now is it's it's has really slowed down. And if you take a look at latitudes, Europe is warmer than it should be given the latitude that it's at, that it's at. But why? Because of the Gulf Stream. And as it turns out, this thing is slowing down. So we could really have a cataclysmic weather event that we don't understand and that there are too many variables for us to have actively calculated. I mean, we have the supercomputing power to do that, but all the possibilities of things we don't know, like we know about the Gulf Stream, we know about other currents. What we don't know is probably certain subcurrents that play a part that we could be completely oblivious to. We are really heading into very dangerous territory here. Um, I, I'm glad that that Brother Rudnan brought this up to us today. All right, let's go to number eight uh, from his presentation. Uh, number eight says, and let me get rid of some of these before we overtax the computer system here with all these graphics already up. And I want to make sure and, and, and clean some of that out. So let's go ahead and put number eight up. Number eight says, now let's move back to the Canadian wildfires. It's early in the fire season, but already Canada has experienced its worst wildfire season on record in terms of burning area, fire size, and intensity. As the climate warms, area dries, and, and fires spread more vigorously, this year there has been a persistent heat done a dome for months across parts of Canada, which has led to less rain and warmer weather. The bold pink line is in 2023. And remember what? I think it was uh, our friend in Michigan, um, Tom. Tom was talking about a lot of the Canadian forests being eaten up by beetles and leaving a lot of dead plants to burn. We talk about burning fossil fuel. What do you think a forest burning is like? When you have that much burning, think about how many cars and fossil fuel burning that is equivalent to. And not only that, it gets a lot worse than that, right? Because it also mean all that particulate is in there. Now, granted, some of that will cause less heating in the region, but in the aggregate, the, the, the damage is tremendous. All right, number nine. Uh, yeah, number nine. Uh, what is number nine? Let's get to number nine. And I put that on the screen. Number nine says, that has led to a record-setting amount of greenhouse emissions from Canadian wildfires. So many emissions, it's almost equal to that of Canada's normal greenhouse emission in a whole year, and it's early in the fire season. Shame, shame. Number 10, we can see a worrying, uh, let's see, we can see a, uh, let me get that right. We can see a worrying sign from the fire emissions data that as we warm the earth, growing emissions from fires will counteract the deliberate emission reductions from governments which are aimed at reducing climate change. That's similar to what I just said. It's an irony. Lastly, let's discuss Greenland recently. The below image uh, posted by Jason Fox. Uh, that's on Greenland. Did I put that right thing up? Greenland. Yeah, there we go. Greenland. Um, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, Let's see, I, I, I missed my spot. Forgive me about that. Forgive me about that. I got to recover my spot. Yeah, there we go. Uh, let's, lastly, let's look at Greenland. Recently, uh, the below image was posted by Dr. Jason Box, an expert on Greenland. It's how surface snow ice melt 
spike off the chart over the past few days, the bold red line. Let me tell you what's dangerous about ice on Greenland. And a lot of folks don't realize this. If you have a glass of water and you have ice in there, as the ice melts, except for the slight change in volume because ice at, 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 at you know, after four degrees, ice starts, rather, water starts to increase in volume. But if you take a look at what happens with ice and water, what happens is if it melts, no big deal. The level of the ocean on, in the aggregate stays fairly the same within a few inches because, again, of course, the, uh, the, the, temperature, the difference in temperature will cause a volume change, but not just a slight one. But when we talk about ice melting on land, in other words, if we have all these glaciers on land that are melting into the sea, that is where you actually get increase in the height of the water in the ocean. And that is where we're at right now. Dr. Jason, that it's in, in here, I didn't see that mentioned, but that is in effect the critical portion there. You melt Greenland, you increase the life, you increase the height of the ocean, the depth of the ocean by quite a bit. Uh, what do you call it? You, 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 get, you start getting flooded in Florida, etc. So far, I've written all this without mentioning an ongoing heat wave in the United States. While it has been, and let me put that on the screen as a British graphic, actually. Uh, while it was all over Mexico and Texas, it became one of the longest-lived early season heat waves on record. I'm going through it right now. My electric bill is through the roof. And why some measures? It is the worst heat wave on record, especially in Mexico and southwest Texas. Numerous all-time records were broken with stations in Texas according, recording over a week in a row of record-breaking heat. That heat has moved east into the U.S. deep south. And Florida, Florida. Yes. Last one from Mr. Rudnan. And I think we all owe Rudnan a thank you for uh, forcing me to do this sort of a presentation. The bottom line is, with Earth's overheated climate and an intensifying El Nino, we can expect to see the Earth's climate system astonish us over and over again into next year. Earth reaches hottest day over record three days in a row. And I tell you something else that you have to notice. This accumulated heat, right? I think it's important for us to understand this. This accumulated heat isn't over when winter starts, right? Because again, it has to be dissipated through infrared radiation and all these other forms. So folks, our politicians, our climate change deniers, um, I think owe us a big apology, not only apology, they should, many of them who know better should be thrown in jail. Because here's the deal. Exxon and all these corporations knew this long after. Look, the earth goes through cycles of heat and cold, heat and cold. But it's done in, in a fairly organized manner, right? It's done over time that these things can be mitigated. I mean, if it's going to be a, a few feet of of ocean rise over a thousand years, it is something we can grow into. But what we have done in the way we are doing things, and because of the lack of honesty from too many, 
because of the psychological impact that that misinformation have on our people, this is where we go. The problem is after they've misinformed the population and caused them to do nothing for over 50 years, over 50 years, we've known this stuff. We could have mitigated all of this over 50 years. But again, the right wing, the neoliberals, refuse to do what was necessary to force our corporate state to do what was best for humanity. And here we are. And here we are. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard, Maywood Robert Davenport. I think I saluted you already. Jane McDaniels as well. Uh, let's see what else. Bruce says, we are sending cluster munitions to Ukraine. I have very bad feelings about that. Robert Davenport says, thanks for sharing your story, Mr. Paul Fleming. Yes. Uh, Robert Davenport says, prehistoric methane released from melting permafrost is a wild card that climate scientists did not factor in. We are all, you know, I forgot to mention that, Davenport. You know, what I talk about, our aggregate knowledge, our crowdsourcing here is a great thing. Because there have been some big bubble released in in uh, in parts of the what that desert portion of Russia, uh, where where they they send people to to die pretty much. Um, but there are these there's these permafrost as it's melting, and all that vegetation that has been decaying for thousands of years start to release its methane. Methane is a lot bigger greenhouse, a lot more potent greenhouse gas than is CO2. So, Davenport, you're right about that. Bridge MCP said, isn't that the same image? It looks like the same image, but that's what he put. Anyway, um, Daniel Adol says, we, who knew dinosaurs' farts would kill us all? Hmm. More than that, but I would expect that from you, sir. Uh, what the F Biden's doing today? He has ordered U.S. to send cluster bombs. I have no idea. Have no idea. Uh, Macaroni said, Daniel Little doesn't care about the future. We'll continue to joke while we burn. I mean, look, it's an illness, Brother Rudnan. It's an illness. I had one caller on the show today that after I gave a full narrative, fact-based narrative, on issues where I also showed that I do care for all of us. It's not about left or right when it comes to care. And he was so focused on what he was programmed to say. It was hard to get him off the programming. But you know what? We keep working at it. Uh, we keep working at it, uh, Rodney. We keep working at it. We never give up. And I'm telling you, never give up. Alistair says, hi, all the earth is on fire. We must show our mother love and respect. I agree. E2247 is talking about this Mother Jones. Why has Joe Biden uh, just rewarded a guy who supported murderous war criminals? The White House has appointed Elliot Ebrens. I did an interview with the ambassador of Colombia. And we were talking about the Lima, El, 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 uh, the Lima Agreement. Um, what, is, what was it called? Something the Lima. And, uh, you know, I was explaining to him a few things to the ambassador of Colombia a few things about uh about what they were trying to do in Venezuela there was this group of latin american countries under the behest of the united states but supposedly the united states was not supposed to be involved you can find that video that i did with the ambassador then and he thought he was fooling me for a while and i looked at him and i said nope please tell me 
who is the advisor from the American government with the, the Lima group? El Grupo de Lima is what it was called. Look it up. Grupo de Lima. Lima group. It's, um, it's a group that was trying to overthrow uh, the, the Venezuelan government. And finally, I said it was uh, Dan Abrams, right? He's at Quiest. Yes, it was Dan Abrams. And I said, don't you know Dan Abrams is a war criminal? And he says, well, I can't say what he says because it was off the record. But suffice it to say, suffice it to say, uh, it's a disappointment that Biden would have any, Biden would have Dan Abrams anywhere near his foreign policy. And it speaks to something I said about Obama. It speaks to something that I said about Bush 1, Bush 2, Reagan, and all of them. There is the president, and then there is the presidency. And the presidency is actually a conglomeration, not just of what the president knows or wants, but what the Secret Service, not the Secret Service, what the foreign relations and all these guys put together and massage together and then come out with. And the president stays like a lonely guy scared to go against much of what they have to say. It's why Obama continued droning and blowing people to smithereens, including innocent people. It is why Biden is bringing Abrams into the fold. It is why uh, it is ridiculous. But you get it. <coughs> All right. Carl Cox says pollution destroying planet increased rise of sea level. True. Uh, we also have um, Biden ain't figured out Gitmo in 17 years. And now he puts Abrams as commissioner on public diplomacy. Another Biden idiocy operation for sure. Yes, it is. I agree with you 100%. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, another frivolous lawsuit by Harris County against the state of Texas. Uh, why My SB7 is about performance, not politics. It's about politics. I'm not even going to bother the rest. It's uh, definitely about politics. Uh, Eric Hayes says, uh, uh, AOC wants to eat cake, eat fake cow, lower the cow gas. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you watch too much right-wing stuff, man. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Wonder if Siberia is still cold. That's, it's, that's what where I was talking about, you know, Eric, Siberia. I couldn't remember the name. Siberia is what I was talking about. Uh, 3.9 degrees Celsius, is that what it is, the average increase? That's high. We were trying to keep it between 1.8 and, and 2.0. Alistair Waters says, silence me that our current administration is doing with Ukraine. E2247, yep. Robert Davenport says, sea level rise is the phrase you're looking for, Egberto. Exactly right. Sea level rise. Thank you, Robert Davenport. Michael Rodney says, Egberto, thanks for reading out my comments. I'm kind of panicked over this, seeing how our climate systems are unwinding out human control due to global warming. Let me tell you, don't panic. We can't. Panic doesn't solve anything. Same thing I tell my daughter when she's doing exams, et cetera. Don't panic. Do something. And you're doing it right now. I gave a presentation that you pretty much put together from one article. And the idea is that this is going to be seen by thousands of people who we hope turn on other thousands of people. You're doing what it takes, Rudnin, and all those who are not just sitting back, but informing. Because a lot of folks would not have read this stuff that you put out here. They wouldn't have even seen it. The mainstream media has no reason to talk about it for a few days and then forget about it till the next hurricane. Then they say, oh, climate change, it's cleaned up, and then it's all over. 
It's amazing how you guys just took over my show. I had stuff to talk about today. RSA, Eric Hayes, Egberto, you need some China solar panels? Uh, you're, you're being funny. Daniel Ado, the Texas heat wave is God's way of, of thinning out illegal immigrants. You know why I read that? Let me tell you why I read that. I wanted people to see the scope of your thinking, Ledo. You may think that's funny. Others looked at you through that statement, justifiably so. Bruce Pollard says, not just into next year, good coverage. Thank you, brother. Mary E. Martin, yes, in jail for sure. Yes, they should be in jail for having lied to Americans for so long. Uh, let's see. Egberto, we had hot summers in the 80s. I came here in 1980 and had to endure a very hot summer. But again, this is where critical thinking comes into play and what, what listening to the right would say, we've had hot summers before. Uh, or like that foolish senator that says, here's an ice ball in the middle. I thought they said there was global warming. We look at things in the aggregate. We look at data. Unfortunately, that is what the right refuses to allow others to see. They hate critical thinking. They hate education. And that's why it's so difficult for many of us to get across to good, otherwise good people. All right, let's see. Bridge MCP says, speaking of weather, we have been in a heat wave and drought for almost six weeks. Well, the sky opened uh, just now. Hail, thunder, wind, and flickering power might have to shut down. I hope we can keep on to you. We've had power shut down almost every day this week because it's so damn hot. The evaporation is causing the thunderstorms, but not enough water to replenish. Eric Hayes says, Robert sending cluster bombs. In, uh, all right. Alistair Waters says, thanks for the presentation, Michael Rudnan. Uh, Michael Rudnan says, what is it with conservatives seeing global warming as an issue that's bigger than, as an issue that's an issue that's bigger than any one person as an individualist issue. They can't get over their talking points and band together to actually do something, even as we're literally watching so much of the world burn. That is what they do. That is what they do. And we have, Michael, Michael, I'm going to tell you this. You're doing the right thing. You keep doing it and you don't panic about it. We keep putting the information out there. We keep talking to our brothers and sisters, and we keep working to get the right politicians elected. We don't have a lot of time, but we sure can get it done. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Carl Cox's Money Talks, and it's all about destroying the environment and making profits. We're going to stop that. Uh, Bart or Brian? I think you're right, um, Eric. This morning, I think his name was Bart, right? I, I don't remember. No, no, no. Bart was a guy who was a right winger that said he loved the show. And he loved what I had to say and agreed with what I had to say. Brian is the person who refused to hear anything. Nancy, uh, Nancy uh, Margaret says, you're right. Thank you, Mar Marcy. Nancy. Bruce Pollard says, I am starting to hope a God is controlling this climate thing instead of science. Some people think God can change his mind and fix things. Well, I... You know, I'm a humanist, and I that which means your statement is not mutually exclusive to my beliefs. Uh, my reality tells me that that could be done if there was a God looking at this one tiny little blue planet over the billions upon billions of galaxies, not not planets, not stars, the billions of galaxies that are, comprise billions of stars. If I thought there was a God that specifically are looking down at us and saying, I'm going to save you from yourself, that would give me a good feeling. 
unfortunately, I think there's just too much out there and maybe a one God is all encompassing. I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. I hope somebody is looking after us, but I think until somebody else looks after us, I think we have to look after ourselves. And that means extricating the dumb leaders and putting folks who allow people to do what they do best. And that is learn. Learn. Critical thinking, right? Critical thinking, critical thinking. Mary E. Martin says the the ecology movement started in the 60s and 70s. We tried so hard to focus the world's attention. Yes, Mary. Yes, Mary. Yes, Mary. You are so right. But we still have a lot more work to do, Mary. We can't ever, ever give up. Uh, Have a generator? Yes, I do. I got one. Actually, I have two generators. One that lasted... 14, 11, or 13 continuous days when I was out of power after hurricane. I don't remember the name of it. Robert Davenport says, um, there is an estimated 200 times methane in permafrost than there is in the atmosphere right now. I fear it is too late. We are past the tipping point and the math is terrifying. Extinction level event is looming. That's not very reassuring. I hope that you're wrong, Robert. I sure hope you're wrong. I don't know that you are, but I hope that you're wrong. Um, Michael Rodden says, Mary, I participated in 2014 People's Climate March that drew 400,000 people in New York City, perhaps the largest single such event in American history, but politician wasted a decade not doing nearly enough afterwards. It's amazing these grown people we had respect for at one part. Just shows how weak they are. That but true. Uh, let's see, Egberto, you need a snort see from the dudes at the white drug house. I don't know what, uh, oh boy. Uh, you guys are, well, anyway, let me continue. I just saw your, Nancy says, uh, not replying to Bruce, I just saw your profile right now and honestly, you're looking really good and I love to connect with you and get to know you more. So Bruce, it seems like you got a connection made here. Michael Rodden says, Current Siberian heating is unprecedented during the past seven millennia. Ouch, and ouch, and ouch. Paul Fleming says, it's impossible. Burgers are great. Mike Olson, can you swim? Don't panic. (laughs) Oh, Mike, that joke is a bad joke, okay? Nancy Margaret says, yeah, you can add me into your mind. Mike Olson, we're not even breaking heat records. Uh, let's see, Egberto, panic is appropriate for what's going on. It's doomerism that does nothing to perpetuate corporate power and pollution. Contact your local reps, get organized, and your political rallies. Uh, go to your political rallies. Donate to conservationist organizations. Switch to a green uh, ESCO and get others to do the same. Eat beef less frequently and get others to do the same. That is, that's what I'm talking about, doing something proactive. Proactive, and by the way, in the process, support organizations like Politics and Right that's trying to do good by uh, society. Daniel Edo says, so seriously, y'all need to panic and panic hard. We're all going to die from global warming, and so soon panic is just appropriate. It is necessary. Oh, Lord. Uh, Nancy Margaret says, we are all hoping God could take control. Mike Olson says, Almanac shows records. Uh, today's high, fake hysteria. Wow. Okay. Uh, Mike Olson, you think it's fake hysteria? I don't think so. Uh, now the GOP wants to take on Barbie. 
Uh, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. You can't. You can't make it up. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here to read before I go to the first video. Uh, Mike Olson says, or rather, Bruce says, you get my point. We have to take care of this. Yes. Mike Olson says, think modernization of third worlders helps. Please, people who used to walk or ride donkeys once here add more waste and pollution via consumption. But still, with all the rest of the world, we and China still do the most, right? No, we could do this stuff in a, in a better way. In a better way. All right, let's continue. Bruce says, the sun's activity is a way different problem. Yeah, the sun spots, etc. Mayor Martin says, so absolutely correct, Egberto. Thank you for reminding us to never give up. We must never, ever, ever, ever give up. All right, I am going to go to our first video of the day. And uh, let's see, it's 3.37. I'm going to do the first video real quickly. And then I'm going to immediately do the second video because I have a narrative that I want to, to talk about there. So uh, so here we go. Uh, okay, if Nancy's a troll, then you know what to do, Bridge. Uh, let's go ahead and play the first video. And that is Donald Trump for the main election is in trouble. Let's see. The president was quick to praise the latest jobs report from the Labor Department earlier today, saying, quote, this is Bidenomics in action. Unemployment dropped to 3.6 in June, nearly its lowest level in years. The U.S. economy added two. Actually, that's that's a new polling this morning that shows most Americans think Donald Trump's federal trial should take place well before the 2024 general election. The latest survey from Politico magazine and Ipsos, 62 percent of Americans say the former president should be tried before next November's contest. And a slightly smaller majority says the trial should even be held before the Republican primaries begin early next year. Joining us now, former federal prosecutor on Kush. Kadori. He's a contributing writer for Political Magazine. Ankush, good morning. It's good to see you. You were you right here that there were a number of surprises in this new poll. What else stood out to you beyond the headline, that top line number we just read? Well, I certainly found that number to be the most interesting, including because it has some practical relevance to the proceeding here. Um, as I noted in the piece, um, the, the right to a speedy trial is not just a right for the defendant. It's a right that belongs to the public as well. So the public's interest in this in this subject, I think, ought to be relevant. Um, the most surprising figures to me, though, were on um, what impact the pending charges, including the pending federal charges, have on people's preferences for Trump. And in particular, you know, there's, there's obviously been a, a, a pretty robust narrative on the part of Trump and his allies indicating that the indictments are helping him. They're, you know, improving the intensity of his support. Uh, and, and certainly that we've seen his standing uh, improve over time in the polls of, of GOP primary voters. But a lot of ha has happened over that same period. And the numbers on specifically this question of how do these charges influence your vote seem to suggest that among GOP primary voters or Republicans that it might be a wash, that about half people say the charges don't have an effect. Uh, about a quarter say it actually improves. Uh, our, our view of Trump or our likelihood of supporting him and a roughly comparable number um, say it, it, it decreases their likelihood to support Trump. And so I thought that was a very interesting figure that maybe uh, adds some color to, the, to, to a narrative that I think has been lacking a little bit of data. On Kush, um, what about other voters, though? I mean, it, it, I think it, it, this is 
typical for Donald Trump that 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 this sort of um, when he seems to be under attack that that cements um, Republicans more to him. Um, but does it uh, detach other independents? Does it detach other voters who, who might um, you know who might question say a federal conviction on, on felony charges? It does. And not only do the pending charges adversely affect them among people who identify as independents, but not surprisingly, um, the, if there were a conviction, that would also even further deplete his support among that group. And I share your view. I mean, a lot of the narrative around this area, even when Trump was in office, he used to just tout his poll numbers among Republicans. But of course, what is actually interesting is how uh, the public across the whole entire voter or uh, American public base actually thinks about him. And I don't think, you know, just looking at these numbers and looking at history, we learned from 2020 that he cannot win a national election with only Republicans, right? He needs some significant proportion of independents to pull over. And these numbers suggest that, uh, at least to me, that how they influence independents, the pending charges and a potential conviction could eventually actually turn, you know, turn an election against him. We, we spend a lot. So as you, as you can see, as it turns out, whereas, uh, Trump was right when he said, indict me, indict me. He doesn't really mean it, but indict me because my poll numbers are just going to go up. He's right. Only for MAGA. Only for MAGA. And what this actually shows is also for rank and file Republicans and independents, his numbers are down. And forget about where Biden stands. You know, right now, everybody loves hating on Biden. And the reason Biden numbers are as low as they are is that even Democrats are hating on Biden, right? But when it comes to a, 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 an election in 2024, even though you'd, you'd hear me talk about, uh, about Trump can win, I still mean it. If people take for granted and don't show up to vote, Trump will win because not, not, not the popular vote, but he will win because of Wisconsin. Uh, uh, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, and maybe uh, there's a couple others. So he could still win with a huge, he could get, we could have twice the popular vote lead, over 7 million, and Trump could still win if things, if we don't do what needs to be done. But as far as, let's say, people other than MAGA really caring about Trump, that's all that there is. And it's important for us to understand that and it's important for us to also act accordingly. It's important for us to campaign accordingly, lest you know what our what's lead. Um, Rodney asked me to put this last one on, which uh, is talks about even as sun activity is going down, which many people like to blame the sun activity for causing the uh, the heat wave or whatever. He shows it's going down, which probably proves that. It's carbon dioxide that's responsible for the heating, but I'm going to put more than carbon dioxide because methane, as, as uh, Brother Davenport has indicated, is really going through the roof as well. So let's, let's, let's be cognizant of that. Thank you for that little notion there, um, that little notion, Senor Rudden. Okay, let's continue here. Um, Let's see if I have any. Disney is losing billions of dollars while being woke. Actually, they're not. They're doing just fine. They're doing just fine. And woke is a good thing. Bruce Pollard says that that graph is, is old, old cycle 25, light not being 
following that model. I hadn't seen 25. So you, if you can find it, you may want to throw that up here, Bruce, and I'll be happy to put that on as well. But if you take a look at the model, let's see. Uh, Daniel says, come on, man. Who doesn't want to see Trump take power again and start purging the state of Marxist, communists, and progressives? I know I do. Okay, that's what you think. You, you think that until his policies come for you. Uh, Disney, despite indie and elemental misfires, leading 2023 global box office with $3.4 billion, Disney is fine. Again, the right just lives in, in their own fantasy bridge, and that's what goes on. Okay, last video of the day is about the jobs number. It turns out the jobs number was pretty good, not as much as they predicted. It was at 209, and the last two, two cycles, they reduced the total amount by 109,000 jobs or so after they did their recalculation for the last two previous months. But still, but still, it is still going through the roof, employment, right? Now, what has happened as well is as we've gotten more employment, for a change, wages have started to increase as well. So here we go. I want to play this for you, and then we'll take it on the other side. We've got some new polling this morning that shows most Americans think Donald Trump's federal trial should take place well before the 2024 general election. The latest survey from... The president was quick to praise the latest jobs report from the Labor Department earlier today, saying, quote, this is Bidenomics in action. Unemployment dropped to 3.6 in June, nearly its lowest level in years. The U.S. economy added 209,000 jobs, fewer than expected. So what does that mean for interest rates? Joining me now is NBC News business and data reporter Brian Chung. So... Fewer than expected. Does that mean that we will not see another rate hike coming? Yeah, Wall Street uh, economists were expecting somewhere closer to 240,000. So 209,000 did come in shorter than estimates. And I want to walk you through the numbers before we get to what the Federal Reserve might do in response to it. Again, slower pace than the May uh, 300,000 uh, clip that we saw in the month prior. But again, as you mentioned, the unemployment rate at 3.6%, still historically low. We saw a lot of the job gains specifically in leisure and hospitality, professional and business services. But we did see contraction in retail trade. Think of jobs at the mall falling by about 11,000 in the month. But what the Federal Reserve is going to be watching for is this figure right here. This is wage growth. How much did wages increase between June of this year and June of last year? It rose by 4.4%. That's a faster pace than the 4.3% we saw in the May to May period prior. And because of that, the Federal Reserve might be asking, well, might employers pass on these higher costs to Americans, which could keep inflation high? That's one reason why the expectation is that the Fed will likely continue to raise interest rates with one more when they meet next, uh, when they meet in their next meeting, uh, which is going to be coming up in the end of this month, Katie. Also, an interesting number that came out of the jobs report is that um, uh, Generation X. I yes, was confused. X. X it's <laughs> NZ. So I'm going to be clear. It's generation X, yeah. X is is the generation responsible for all of the increases in the unemployed population over the last half a year. What, what's happening with that? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, baby boomers have been retiring, but it seems like Gen X has also been accounting for a lot of the increase as well. Politico reporting that. But interestingly, there are certain demographics that have been uh, kind of not beneficiaries of the broad job gain increases. For example, the black unemployment rate actually ticked up to 6%. Uh, that is almost double the 3.6 national average. So that's something we're going to have to watch in the coming months as well, Katie. 
We, we now, spend a lot. it's important for us to understand what this guy is saying. He's saying we have a good economy. We are not getting the explosion in jobs like we did before, which would say the economy is really heating up and eventually we're going to start to have real, true labor, sh real labor shortages, not labor shortages caused by not paying people enough. Because what we have here is labor shortages by because by not paying people enough. And that's why you see that good wage gain going up. But here's what the feds want to do. The feds want to cut, uh, increase interest rates again to slow down the economy, to stop wage increases because they claim they fear that the corporate corporations would then pass those wage increases in the, in the, in the form of inflation on to the Americans. I want you to think about this. The workers getting more money is a problem for the Federal Reserve who says, I am going to increase the interest rates to cause more people to be laid off so that there will be less pressure to pay people more, to pay people a living wage. But here is the most, it's the saddest part about this. Here's the evil part about this. Look at your screen. Title of the article from the Common Dreams. Corporate windfall profits surged to one trillion dollars as a year a year as working people suffer. Big business is gaslighting all of us. I want you to I want you to keep this in mind. More people are getting jobs. We don't have a shortage of workers. Right, We have a whole bunch of people we can bring into the country if we really want to, but even with what we have here, we don't have a shortage. What we have is a shortage of pay. They don't want to pay people what they're worth. And what the, what the feds are saying is it would be inflationary if we don't get more people laid off so that we don't have a job market demanding more pay. Okay, hold on. So they want the working class to pay the penalty for asking for higher wages, which they're fearful the corporate state will pass on as, inf as to the people as inflation. But look at the title, Corporate Windfall Profits. An analysis released Thursday shows that 722 of the world's top corporations made combined windfall profits of $1 trillion per year in 2021 and 2022 each year, over a trillion, as people across the planet struggle to meet basic needs due to the price hikes that businesses have used to pad their bottom lines. The humanitarian group Oxfam and Action found that the companies raked a $1.09 trillion in windfalls profit, and windfall profit is defined as profits over and above what your normal profit range used to be. What your normal profit used to be, they've made a trillion dollars above what that used to be. And let's ask the question, what is that trillion dollars? Where did that money come from? That money didn't come from them being more productive. That money didn't come from them, doing, them building something new because corporate guys build nothing. Shareholders build nothing. They are simply parasites who work off of you. So now they decided they were going to raise the rates of everything irrespective of whether it should or should not. They raised the rate of bread, wheat, everything. Not the farmers didn't get paid more. The farmers got the same money. 
The distributors, the people who control capitalism, made it all. That trillion dollars, that's who it went to. So therefore, the inflation was caused by these corporate goons. And the Fed Reserve, after having a good jobs report that says more people are working, more people are getting jobs, and the wages are increasing ever so slightly, and in order, in order to mitigate not getting these wage increases, they want the feds want to throw us into a recession to p- prevent the corporate guys from having to pass along the extra money that American, the working class deserves, the working class earned. But nobody is asking the corporate, the corporations to pay more taxes. In fact, we want to even give them more. We want to give them tax cuts. They're increasing our prices. And for increasing our prices and getting more money, we want to reward them with more tax cuts. To my brothers and sisters on the right, what part of that do you see as equitable or fair? How can you massage within your minds to defend the evil from within the corporate state. Again, that's an 89% increase in total profits compared to the average between 2017 and 2020, according to the Oxfam and Action Aids analysis of Forbes Global 2000 ranking of the world's largest companies, a major windfall during a period in which extreme poverty and hunger surged. The two groups found that 45 energy corporations made an average of $237 billion a year in windfall profits, meaning above and beyond what they would have profited anyway, while food and beverage corporations, banks, big pharma, and major retailers also cashed in on the cost of living crisis that has seen more than a quarter of a billion people in 58 countries hit by acute food insecurity in 2022. So these criminals, these legal criminals have decided that they will just take the money. They will just charge. That mother that had to drive to work, her gas bill doubled, gasoline bill doubled just because they could. They didn't have to go ahead and hold you up with a gun. They didn't have to break into your home. Our economic system gives them the right to simply steal from you. That's the design of the economic system. And for those who are there to protect it and say, oh, this is the best system. This is the way it has to be. There are better ways. There are better ways. The windfall profits of leading food and beverage companies in 2021 and 2022 would be enough to cover the $6.4 billion funding gap needed to deliver life-saving food assistance in East Africa, a more than twice over Oxfam and Action Aid noted. People are sick and tired of corporate greed, Amitath Behar, Oxfam's interim executive director, said in a statement. It's obscene that corporations have raked in billions of dollars in extra Extraordinary windfall profits while people everywhere are struggling to afford enough food or basics like medicine and heating. But the obscene portion is in as much as they're making all this profit. Windfall profits. They are still saying we want tax cuts. So they're hurting the people by having people spend more of their money 
to them, giving it to them, legal robbery. And at the same time, they're saying, and we don't want to pay taxes for this windfall that we were just lucky to, to get because we created inflation. And then our Federal Reserve want we, the people, to pay higher interest rates to slow down the economy because of these thugs who decide to rip us off. And we have a bunch of folks coddling, folks who don't have a pot to do you know what in, coddling these corporatists who are ripping us off royally? Whatever happened to critical thinking? And that is why you hear DeSantis and all these guys talk about woke. They don't want you to be woke. They don't want you to be intelligent. They want you to remain dumb. They want you to be able to say things like Bidenflation is Bidenomics and, and not listen. I gave a full explanation of where inflation came from. I gave a full explanation. And Eric Hayes is still saying Bidenflation is Bidenomics. What's the thought process? What's the critical thinking? The evidence is there. And that tells you a lot. It tells you a lot. Anyway, so folks, we know what we have to do. We have to de-elect all of those who are responsible for allowing corporations to do what they've done. And we need to threaten price controls yesterday if these guys don't stop. And if they decide, well, if you try price controls, we are going to reduce production, we nationalize then. We don't allow the corporate thugs to control the livelihoods, the existence of America. People would always try to come, well, if you tell the private sector what to do, they would just stop doing, and then we just, okay, if they stop doing, then we'll do. We can do it a lot more efficient because we don't have to satisfy the, 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 the shareholders. So if they want to penalize the American citizenry, we can penalize them. Because they need us more than we need them. Remember that. They don't exist without us. We have to start exerting our own power. And our power is a lot, a lot, a lot more powerful than theirs. Don't ever forget that. Um, Bruce came out with a, 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 a thing I believe to put on the screen. A double punch of solar storms could smash into Earth. And, wide, and spark widespread auroras this week. When was that printed? Two days ago. That should be interesting. Thank you for bringing that out into the fold, Bruce Pollard. Now, you did mention something about energy, Bruce, and about when you said it didn't have much to do about global warming, but actually it does. If you put in more energy, if more energy is staying in the earth, meaning in the waters, in the, in the soil, in everywhere, that, that aggregate accumulation of heat is that the aggregate accumulation of heat is equivalent to a temperature rise. Now, of course, we know that, that uh, there's a, what we call something that's anabolic, where, where uh, you can put heat into certain substances for a long time and the temperature stays the same as it transition states. I forgot what it's called. But anyway, uh, uh, and I think in a lot of ways, we're reaching in, in many parts of the world that point where we're getting the absorption of energy and eventually it just explodes out, right? Because you get a, a change in states, right? But anyhow, that is for an, another science class. That is for another science class. Anyhow, Egberto uh, Daniel Edo has zero fealty to the Constitution. He would scrap it uh, to create... 
way it, I, I, I have fealty just to uh, my American brothers and si- well, my brothers and sisters are around the world, actually, not only Americans, but everywhere. I don't owe anything to a piece of paper. I owe everything to my fellow brothers and sisters. Egberto, you're talking about the Earth's energy balance, and the Earth's energy balance is thrown off by excess carbon in the atmosphere, trapping the heat. Exactly. And that's why I was telling Bruce, when you put, when you have the, the solar putting more energy into the Earth, and if it cannot radiate it all out, radiate, the, radiate it out, that, that it manifests itself as an increase in temperature. Robert Davenport says, make big oil give back their leases from public lands until their windfall profits go away. I like that. Blinders on, they say. Oh, it's 401. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it's that late. Hey, folks, please remember to support our program. Politics on Right needs your support real badly. I got, I got over excited about the, t- the, the subject, and I forgot to ask for my ass. So please support the program in one of many ways. You can go to politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support, and please support us in whatever form you can. If you are on YouTube, just click that, that uh, join button, become a part of our PDR posse. Say, I want to give this great program a, a coffee or two a month or something like that. We are, we do need more supporters. Uh, again, that, that link, politicsdoneright.com slash support has it all. But we are heading to Chicago next week to Netroots Nation, the largest progressive uh, a gathering of bloggers, politicians, writers, everybody. We're going to be right there. And I'm on Radio Row. I've been lucky to be on Radio Row the last several years. And I'll be there giving interviews, etc., making videos. And I promise you those videos, I'll try to get them out as soon as I can. It's going to be a lot of work out there. But at the same time, I'm asking for you to support the uh, pr- support it by going to uh, politicsandright.com slash NN23, politicsandright.com slash NN23. Please support, uh, we're, support us going on this trip. You know, look, it's on the credit card. Need to pay that off. I hope that you guys can go ahead and let's help do this. Your name will be on your name will be listed as a supporter and producer of all these interviews that I'm doing. And I hope to do anywhere between 25 and 50, likely closer to 50, because I, I pull people in, have I get them to talk what they're talking about. We do need to get this done. We do need to get this done. Uh, so I ask you so kindly, please click that, become a sponsor. We give We have all kinds of perks that we do to try to get you to support our trip to um, to. Chicago. Uh, we have many people who have already given. Uh, they didn't do it through um, uh, PayPal. They said, ah, we can uh, forget about the charges through PayPal. We'll do it some other way. And But I, I do need to get the these through PayPal because we're way off the mark so far. So please help support the trip. Click on become a sponsor and help however you can. Because again, we're going to continue doing this job that we need to do. We are going to continue doing this job. Thank you for the stars, Senor Davenport. We will continue doing this job that we need to do. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics on Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.